Hi there, I'm Caroline Leach and I'd like to welcome you to episode 15 of Authors and Audiences. I'm a Scottish Texan and as well as being a young adult novelist, I come from a career in public relations and media strategy. So if you're an author or illustrator, I'm here to show you how to present yourself and your books in public with confidence and professionalism so that you can connect with your readers, impress your publishers and sell more books. So what did you think of part one of our 2022 debuts meet our 2023 debuts webinar? Weren't all those 22s fantastic? It was amazing for me to listen to them talking through all the plans they'd made after they did my book launch class this time last year, and then to hear how they put all those plans into action in all the events they'd then presented around their book publication dates. And sometimes they followed my suggestions, and sometimes they came up with their own unique ideas, which meant that I was learning things from them too during the webinar. But without a doubt, I was so proud to see how pleased they all were with how things had turned out for each of them. And, of course, that they valued my input enough to come back and share their launch stories with me and with my 2023 guests. Of course, if you haven't listened to part one yet, on episode 14, don't worry, you can easily listen to this episode first, but do make sure you go and put that one onto your list to show up next. It's really well worth a listen. So just as a reminder, I gathered together eight 22 debuts as part of my Authors and Audiences Debut Fest month, in which I've been focusing on the countdown to the new year for authors who will be debuting in 2023. With the transition into their debut year, only three weeks away, I remember from my own debut year how busy and stressful it all is, getting prepared to set up and present a book launch event for the first time. Of course, for mine, I had a secret weapon because I had had a career in PR and event planning, so organising and presenting my book launch as a debut author came quite naturally. But I know that few authors have that sort of resume. And that's why I launched my coaching business, Caroline Leach Writes, and why I launched this podcast, Authors and Audiences. I want to help every author and illustrator have a great time with their book launch, feel great about presenting themselves and their books in any public situation, whether it's online or in person, and feel excitement, not fear. So I hope you find part two as inspiring, motivating and fun as part one. This time I'm introducing three new authors to you, Serena Strauss, Bryn Barino, and Laurel Goodluck, who you might have heard me interviewing on episodes 10 and 11 a couple of weeks ago. Then, after they've talked through their own experiences, you can hear a bit more about my plans for authors and audiences and about my forthcoming book launch briefing course for authors. Then, to wrap it all up, we answered some very cool questions from the Gathered 2023s. So although the two webinar episodes are a little longer than my usual interview episodes are, they're definitely worth your extra attention, no matter how close you are to your publication date, or even if you haven't got a deal yet. Because a lot of what is said is universal for all authors and illustrators facing any audience. So I hope you'll get some great ideas from me and from my fabulous guests for 2022 debuts. So. Part two, here we go.
so that's social media, but what about the real media, the full big grown-up media? So I don't think many people that are not ruling it out, but might not be ready for kind of national NPR or or Jimmy Fallon or whatever. But you might well get onto a, a books podcast or a local radio station. And actually, I would say you should try to. I can tell you more about that uh, another time. But how do you prepare for that kind of opportunity? And now Serena was very proactive in all of this and and had all sorts of things on her website ready to go and did interviews. So Serena, can you join us and tell us a bit about how you had fun? Sure. Um, hi, I'm Serena Strauss. My novel is Reinception. It is a new adult to adult science fiction novel. Reinception set 100 years in the future where we have the technology to eliminate unwanted behaviors. And people being what they are abuse the technology and the corporation being what it is may not be doing exactly what you think they're doing once they're in your head. So <laughs> that's Reinception. So one thing I'll say about my launch that um, I think was it was a little unusual and hopefully you guys aren't experiencing this is I was actually pretty quick to publish. Um, and I know a lot of people bemoan how long it is from the time your book get picks up to when you get published. My process actually went very fast. Um, so most podcasts and um you know, radio interviewers, they fill up pretty far in advance. You know, they're 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 booking their people pretty far in advance. So you do want enough lead time to be able to reach out to people. You can reach out as much as a year in advance. A lot of podcasts are starting to book up in, you know, in January, they're booking for the whole year. So don't be afraid to start reaching out well in advance of your launch date. But if you can't do that, or if you've waited too long already, or if you are quick to launch like I was, don't be too upset about that either. Because, you know, um, this is my second book. Uh, one thing I wish I knew when my first book came out that I know now is that it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you want your book to succeed, you have to continue to promote it well after launch. And I, I think a lot of authors, they put a lot of effort into launching their book. And then once it's launched, don't do anything else. And you, you do have to keep working it. So it's okay if you're appearing over a, a course of time. And also, if you're getting out there and doing appearances, you can develop a reputation and get more appearances out of your previous ones. Um, so the first thing that's really important to get together is a really good press kit. Your press kit should include a synopsis of the book, it should include your bio. You can put in things like, um, depending on what kind of book you have, your inspiration. So I'm an attorney when I'm not a writer. Um, and my book has a lot of about technology. So I've emphasized those things in, in my press kit. So when I'm reaching out to podcasts, I can say, you know, these are the kind of topics I can come on and talk about. And the other thing you're going to want is a list of topics that you're going to talk about. So some things are given and you don't have to say it. Like you don't have to say you could talk about what it was like to be an author, what it was like to get published. But if you have specific knowledge or if your book is about something specific that's different than what um, all the others are going to be talking about, you want to emphasize that in, in your press kit. Um, also on your press kit, you need a, a good photograph. 
all of this should be on your website and downloadable. So definitely have um, really good downloadable images of you, of your book, and then availability of your press kit. Um, I did hire a publicist. Um, I did this with both of my books, even though both books were traditionally published. What your publisher is going to do for you is very limited. Whether you're with a big publisher or a small publisher, you are going to have to do a lot more work than you might think you have to do. (laughs) Um, So it's kind of a personal choice as to whether or not you're going to hire a publicist. And publicists can do every, you know, there's a range of things that they can offer to you. Mine don't do, for example, my social media. I'm more paying for um, them to do a lot of the legwork with the outreach and the connections and um, taking advantage of the fact that they already have a list. I, I looked for a publicist who had done science fiction and had experience in it, um, which wasn't all that easy to find, actually. Um, so do, if you're going to hire a publicist, find somebody who has published books in the area where you're publishing. For me, it was a matter of, I do still have a day job and I do have teenagers. Um, My life is really busy and it was worth it to me to invest in somebody else to help me. I mean, we've reached out to maybe 500, 600 different um, individuals between reaching out for podcasts, blogs, influencers, you know, I'm trying to think what else radio hosts. Um, so it, it is a lot of work. You can do it yourself. There are good places where you can look for information that's aggregated about podcasts and things like that. But you need to really dedicate a lot of time and effort to, you know, to reaching out to following up to, you know, make sure did, you know, did you get it? Are you interested? Um, if you haven't heard back from someone and let's say you win an award in the interim or something like that, maybe you want to follow up, maybe they weren't interested before and they're interested now. So yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of legwork. Um, it's a lot of work to get on them. And I don't know if anyone on here is doing fiction versus nonfiction. Um, but those are also very different paths. My first book was nonfiction. It was true crime memoir. And this book is science fiction, so very different paths. And I'll, I, from my personal experience, much harder to market fiction than nonfiction. Um, so I don't want to take too much time with that, but anyone is welcome to contact me offline if they have specific questions or you know questions about what's the difference between fiction and nonfiction, or if you are changing genres, how to navigate that. Um, Cause that's tricky too. Yeah. And then I guess the other thing I was asked to talk about was a lot of other people talked about their launches. Um, I love free stuff. I love swag. Um, so for me, it was really fun to, um, have gifts and swag and cool things available for people. So one thing I did to try to get people to pre-order the book was I offered exclusive, swag to anybody who did a pre-order. Um, you know, once you did the pre-order, you could reach out to me directly. I also, a few other authors talked about this, had a relationship with my local bookstore where they facilitated getting out signed copies and they also gave the swag. And I'll, I'll just show a couple and I think my time's about up, but I have these cool bookmarks with my book on it. And there's a bunch of different places like on Etsy where people do that. I had bookmarks, 
stickers, you know, depending on like what people get. Um, and I've also created a lot of um, I'm doing this like fake ad campaign that Reinception, the corporation is putting out these advertisements. So I've created some like stickers and I made these cool pins. Um, so lots of fun, different swag. And then I'm just going to show you these, the cost varies, but this is um, another author I know just has these like notepads, but her book, um, it's Brianna Wilkoff. She did a young adult novel and her book is about doing good and paying it forward. And the character leaves sticky notes everywhere with kind things. So she's just giving out these um, sticky pads. They're inexpensive. It's got her book on it. And then she's encouraging people to write something nice to somebody. So, you know, look for those ideas in your book too, about what you can do that is going to make it unique and make people remember it. I love that. Absolutely brilliant. Yes. Find the things that are in your book that connect to what you can do to to uh, use it for your theme, whether it's scones like like Becky. I gave away tins of spam because I, I was doing a World War II. I did a raffle and people could win tins of spam. A friend of mine still has hers sitting on her, her shelf. I'm slightly worried five years later that, I, I don't know, maybe spam is, is instructable. Fantastic. Thank you. Now, uh, we were. I was hoping that we'd be joined by Laurel Goodluck, who is uh, a wonderful picture book author. And unfortunately, she couldn't now come, but she jumped on Zoom with me the other day. So I'm hoping that Laura is able to pull up the video that I did with, with uh, Laurel, um, because she has a wonderful story about the way that she created her, her uh, book launch. So... Laurel, your picture book, Forever Cousins, came out from Charlesbridge uh, in October. I think it got bumped from September. So tell us about your book launch event and how you put it together, because it was it was a fun one, wasn't it? It was great. It was exciting. It was so much fun because um, I did this with my mentor. Her book had come out at the same time, and she was coming for the Bloom Fiesta here in Albuquerque. And it, all the stars aligned and the dates aligned, even with books being bumped and our illustrator hung in there with us um, with changing dates. And Jonathan Nelson also joined as Forever Cousins illustrator with his beautiful art in his book. He was able to talk about that. Tracy Sorrell was presenting her book with the She Persisted series all about Wilma Mankiller. So we had this book launch together and we wanted to make it Indigenous focused. So the place that we launched our book was at Bow and Arrow Brewery. And at this brewery, it's owned by two Indigenous women. I think it's the only one in the nation owned by Indigenous people. And so they have this lovely brewery here in Albuquerque. It's just decorated beautifully. We were able to have our launch there Red Planet Books and Comics were able to sell our books along with a bookseller, um, a BIPOC bookseller that um, helps out with pop-up book sales. And we catered with Three Sisters Kitchen, who offered this really gorgeous meal that everybody um, enjoyed. But what I enjoyed the most was that my mentor and I had met maybe once before. We were able to celebrate after two years of knowing one another, bringing our books out together. 
um, along with Jonathan. And so we just celebrated about 60 plus people showed up. There was standing room only. We even had a thread of a theme of our books about our relocation because Wilma Mankiller had gone on relocation and the back matter of forever cousins is all about what brings Native Americans to have usually more than one community. If they're living in the city, they also have a community back home in their homelands on their nation. So there was that beautiful thread too. Um, so yeah, that that was a fantastic launch that happened in October. Excellent. But what I really would love you to talk about is, uh, and you did talk about this on on my podcast last week, didn't you? Um, is about the communal discussions that you took part in uh, during a couple of conferences, and and some of them were to adults, but some okay. of them are, are to adults, and some of them were to children. So tell us about how you got on these panels discussions, uh, whether you did it yourself or whether your publisher organised it, and how it went. Um, there's kind of a combo there. I organized them myself as educators in our own state, brought together fellow SCBWI members here in New Mexico. And we did a panel for in the summertime to help educators, help parents look at their own library shelves and help diversify them. And so they got a lot of perspectives from all of us on the panel and, um, it really was a good experience for us, too, because all of us were very new authors. And so it really took a lot of preparation for us to put together what we wanted to say. Um, so that was a great experience to start with. Since then, my publisher, Charles Bridge, has had me, um, invited me in, to be on a lot of panels online. And all the organizers for a lot of these panels were very well organized, helped with questions. We got to ask each other questions too, you know, getting through the technology and they were helpful with prep meetings before that. But we were all able to tell about our books and talk about being Indigenous authors and talk about um, how important it is to have representation. So the those were the online events. Recently, I've been invited to um, present at a, what is it, independent bookseller, Mountains and Plains, that's it. That's right. And did a speed dating, and that was really wild. I had to have my elevator speech at its optimum, <laughs> and it was. I had some good pointers from you from the um, class that I took through the writing barn that really helped me realize I really needed to hone this down. And it was a lot of fun. It was um, a lot of work getting through and talking for that long and switching from table to table, but a lot of fun, a lot of great people at these, um, a lot of great booksellers. And then the other one was a children's festival in Boulder, Colorado, where I got to interact with a little tiny audience of second and fifth graders, tiny meaning little people, but they were a big audience. A couple of panels I did there, and it was just, uh, just solidified why I'm doing this, to connect with the kids, for them to have such an interest. In one of them, they had to all line up to get their book signed. And they just left 
the juice and the cookies alone so they could meet the authors. <laughs> and that was just sweet. Um, so it was really important to them that I saw. And their great questions and the welcoming they gave us and um, just was a beautiful experience. That's wonderful. Well, I am so sorry that you're not going to be with us on on the webinar live, but thank you so much for doing this because, you know, you're an incredible person. And I would say to everybody that she has not just having her debut book out this year, she's got dozens more coming out year after year. So Laurel, good luck is somebody we're all going to be keeping an eye on. Thank you so much, Laurel. And, uh, and we're sorry you're not with us today. Everybody, um, wish you all well. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. So first, if you want to hear more from Laurel, um, she's fascinating. I interviewed her uh, the week before, week of Thanksgiving on my podcast, um, and she's just wonderful. But a couple of things she said, if you are wanting to do an event that's not in a bookstore, still talk to your local bookstore about them running a pop-up uh, stall for you, because they're very happy. They'll send a member of staff out with a pile of books and uh, um, and they're normally very happy to do that. It adds to their uh, income and it lets you get on with your book launch without having to worry about doing checkouts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other thing is elevator pitches. I told you right at the beginning, if you nail your elevator pitch and you get it all ready, as all these authors are doing so beautifully, um, it can make a big difference, and especially when you get a speed dating round with booksellers or librarians at any of the conferences. Um, and also about connection. Did you hear what she said about that's what book launches and school visits are around, are about? It's not about selling your books. You know, really, the amount of books you will sell personally through things like this is going to be minimal compared to what your publisher is doing. But it is important because it connects you to your readers and it also shows your publishers that you are connecting to your readers. And that is important when it comes to your next book deal. So what about the grown-ups? So we've done YA, we've done middle grade, and we now we've done picture books. And now we're going to start the good stuff, which is how do you do how do you do book launches for grown-ups? Well, you go to a Brazilian bar if you are Bryn Barino. Uh, Bryn, tell us about your party, because actually you're the latest to uh to launch of, of all I the am. Time, aren't you? Yeah, I am a couple I'm, of weeks old. I'm speaking to you with all the wisdom of 11 days as a published author. So, yes, so everything is very fresh. My name is Bryn Barino, and I'm the author of Jaguars and Other Games. It's an adult historical fiction out with Orange Blossom Publishing. And I, there's a fellow Orange Blossom author on here. Happy to see Lindsay. And Jaguars and Other Game is, uh, it's a ginger flip three musketeers set in colonial Rio de Janeiro. Three women from different parts of Rio have to work together to save a friend who's been wrongly accused of murder and scheduled for execution. And the only way they can do that is to find the real murderer. And in the course, of hunting down the real murderer, they uncover a corruption scheme that goes to the heart of the Portuguese royal family. So that's Jaguars. And yes, it is an adult historical fiction, adult book set in Rio. So also there was a bit of a unique situation uh, for my book. It's my debut book came out on a Tuesday and four days later, I turned 40 years old. 
So I really wanted a party. This was going to be a celebration of turning 40, a dream come true. So it was, I was in it to party. I was not in it necessarily to sell books. It was going to be a celebration. So that's, I guess my first piece of advice is to really think like, what is the goal of this event? What do you want it to be? And I knew as soon as I got my um, release date right before my birthday, I was like, well, it's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a celebration. Um, And that might not be the case for you. Obviously, if you're launching a picture book, um, if you're launching a book for middle grade, um, your audience is going to be different. The goal of the event might be different. Maybe your goal is to reach out to um, school teachers. And so you're going to have a different event than um, mine, which was truly, truly to have like a big party, a big to do. So the obvious place to do that for a book set in Brazil was a Brazilian bar. So I started scoping around Atlanta where there are Brazilian restaurants, bars, and I found um, a fabulous location, Buteco, um, which is owned by uh, Hafa from Sao Paulo. And I went in person, talked to him. They, they're normally a small music venue. They had never done a book launch. Um, but I pitched the Brazilian connection with the book and my husband's from Rio and you're Paulista. And he was, he was in it. That's sort of my second piece of advice as you're planning, like get excited about your party and you, other people will feed off that excitement and they will be on board to help you. So don't be shy and being like, I did this awesome thing and I want to celebrate it because other people will join you on that train. They will be excited for you and they will want to help you. And it can feel awkward at first. Um, I actually, I did theater in high school. I have taught in a high school before um, and there is no tougher audience than teenagers. So if you have any experience teaching teenagers, you'll be fine at your book launch. They're much nicer. But going in person, like as myself in a bookstore or to a venue to talk to the owner and pitch this idea for an event, um, it's much more awkward. I have a tendency to like apologize for using someone's time. I'm so sorry. It'll just take a second. And I got over that eventually because I saw how people responded. And so my advice, like, don't apologize for showing up and being excited and asking to work with someone. Like, don't apologize for using their time. It's okay to be excited. Um, Other people will be excited for you. Um, So, yeah, so I knew I wanted a party and I found a venue and I very much themed the whole event around my book and particularly the setting. Um, The setting for Jaguars is unique. There are not many books set in Brazil. Um, When I was first thinking about querying and I researched it, it's easier to find books in outer space than in Brazil. Like that is true. So find something unique about your book, um, the setting, the time period, the characters. Um, and if you can theme your event around that, it makes it a lot of fun. It makes it unique. It makes it memorable. Um, so our the food was all Brazilian salgados. We had queijo, coxinhas, empanadas. Uh, we also had caipirinhas, of course, because it was an adult launch at a Brazilian bar. So there were caipirinhas. Um, and someone asked earlier, it was on launch day about when to schedule the party. So my event was on a Tuesday night, but it was during Thanksgiving holiday week. Nobody worked on Wednesday. So Tuesday night sort of became like a weekend night. 
Um, so if you are going to have it at a bar, maybe think, maybe do it the Friday after the book launches. Um, so nobody's worried about having to get up early the next morning um, or get kids to school. Yeah, so we had a Brazilian-themed food, Brazilian-themed drinks. We had a raffle, and that came straight from doing Caroline's workshop. Caroline, I brought this to show you. Like, I had these worksheets from your, like, and I used them. I filled them out, and I used them, and I referenced them. Um, so I promise if you guys are taking notes, you will refer back to them um, even a year later. It was so helpful. So we had a raffle, and it was Brazilian-themed goods. We had candy from Brazil. We had Havaianas, which are the flip-flop brand from Brazil. We had Brazilian coffee, of course. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Also, one way to avoid being nervous and just focus on having fun is uh, preparation and practice as well. So even though it was a party, I am a planner. I am the purest example of a plotter and organizer you will ever find. And so I before had the party sort of timed out, like when I wanted to do raffle draws, when I wanted to do a QA, and a um, how long the bookseller was going to be selling, like when I wanted to announce that, okay, guys, we're doing last call for a drink. Um, so I had it timed out and I sort of had in my head, like when things would happen before the party started. And I recruited a very good friend who is gregarious and outgoing and a book lover to do the Q&A with me to help manage a sort of an MC for the party. Um, and I cannot, 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 cannot recommend enough. If you have any control over who asks you the questions, conducts the interviews, or sits on a panel with you, if you yourself are a little more introverted, find a friend or someone to ask you who is very outgoing, who is very comfortable, because they can help you feel more comfortable, and they can help keep the energy up. Um, cause that was something I really wanted. I've been to many book events and I am a reader and an author, but I mean, real talk, I've been to a book events that put me to sleep. Um, so when you're planning your event, think about the most boring book event you've ever been to. And that's your example of what not to do. Um, so I knew immediately I did not want to do a reading because readings tend to drop the energy of a room fast. Like, unless you are a gifted performer, if you sit down and just start reading from a book, the energy of the room will come down, depending on what you're reading. So I didn't want to do a reading, but I planned to be asked for one. If I was in the room doing the Q&A and someone asked, I had 120, se 120 seconds, I had two minutes of reading, like picked out, marked, ready to go if someone asked for it. And someone did ask for it. So I was ready. But I knew I would not read more than two minutes because I just didn't want the energy. It was a party. We were socializing and mingling. So I didn't want that energy to fall. Um, and but again, that was a conscious choice I made beforehand and was ready like to either to go either way. I knew what I wanted, but I was ready to change. Um, and so that all goes back to like the planning in advance. Yeah, I have to say, so, I wish I, I wish I'd been there. It sounds like absolutely amazing. <laughs> That's a really good point, though, that you don't have to read. If you mm -hmm. find read, you don't have to do anything. That's the the big thing. Do the stuff that feels right for you. However, the big thing I'm saying is you need to know where your comfort zones are, and then push back on them. Because if you stay within your comfort zone, you're never going to grow. And and so therefore, 
Don't be scared to push a little bit for, forward, but at the same time, don't agree to do something like do this reading if you just are not going to feel comfortable with it. I think that's that's absolutely um, spot on. Absolutely. Now, can I just pick up on a couple of things that you said, Bryn? One was that apologising for asking somebody. You're a professional author. They're a professional bookseller or librarian or teacher or bar owner. You're not wasting their time. You're offering them an opportunity to do business. That's the way to look at it. You're not asking for a favour. You're offering a professional opportunity to somebody else who will benefit from your interaction, whether it's selling books or selling drinks or or getting kids into a library event that goes against their goal checklist, whatever it is, you're offering people the, the chance to do their job and do their job well and possibly make money from you. So you're never asking a favour from somewhere. Yes, you have to respect it, but you don't need to apologise. So I'm delighted to hear that you got past that, Bryn. Yeah, it took some work, but he definitely made a ton of money off of all those drink orders. So it did work out. It will work out for them too. Like, yeah, but um, no, definitely. It was something I had to get over though. But, and then you were exactly right, Caroline. He definitely benefited from hosting that event. Yeah, excellent. And the other thing is that, that she talked about help. I have uh, teenagers. And so I sent them off on my book launches. I had them giving out raffle tickets and handing around the snacks and making sure everyone was comfortable, et cetera. And so don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it's your own family or, or friends. Just say, could you make sure that people are comfortable? Could you make sure everyone's got a raffle ticket? Could you make sure that people know where the snacks are? And sometimes people just like having a job to do. So I think that's that's wonderful. Thank you, Bryn. That's I can't quite believe we've managed to get to the end of our eight presenters almost on time. That's very unlike me. I'm normally running very late. Thank you to all of those amazing authors. And I would love you to now go and support them and buy their books uh, because they've worked really hard this year. And one of the big things I talk about, and if you've listened to the, the podcast, you'll have heard me say, is community is everything. These authors could not have done what they did without each other and the group they're in. I couldn't have got to this place without my debut group and with with my coaching groups that I'm in now, etc. So making community is a big deal. And you need to have started that really before you even submitted. And by joining the 2023s, you're in a great place to really enjoy next year because you're going to be feeding off each other. And the people that are launching in January and February are going to be passing on their wisdom to you if you're doing in March and April. And by the time you get to the November gigs, um, you're just going to have a whole host of people to talk to. So a, a kind of summary of, of what everybody's kind of come up with is, is have fun. Make this about you and a celebration of your achievement because getting a book out is a big deal. Don't ever underestimate that. And whether you're launching your first book or your 17th book, every single one of them is a very big deal. The other thing is don't stress about selling books. Great if you can have a bookstall there and or if you're in a bookstore and they are selling books, that's wonderful. If you can do pre-order campaigns, fantastic. There's all sorts of reasons why they're important. More importantly is that this is about you and your public face and pushing your comfort zones back. Prepare in advance. Decide what you're going to do. Write it out. Time it out, as Bryn said, so that you know exactly what you're going to do. Pack your bag. 
as if you're going to have a baby and are going to be rushed into hospital. Literally, the week before, start putting things on. I have a corner. I have numerous corners in my house full of stuff. But I just started putting things, oh, I might need a pair of scissors or I might need some sticky tape or a pair of reading glasses in case I forget the ones that are normally in my purse, etc. Just make sure you're you're keeping a pile of stuff so that on the day, all you have to do is put them into the bag and, and head out and you're less likely to forget something. Can you imagine getting to having done all your stickers and your markings in your reading copy and then discover you left it on the shelf? Mine was sitting on my bag about five days before the actual event itself. So, you know, make sure you're prepared and make sure you rehearse. As, as several people have said, reading out loud does not come naturally to many of us. Uh, and so therefore doing it over and over again. You know, the, I did a mini book tour after my first book came out with another 17 debut. And we went to book people, which I think is where Becky will have done her launch in Austin. And we sat down and I said, I was kind of emceeing and, and being part of it. And I said, so why don't you read the first page of your book? And she got two sentences into it and she stopped and she turned to me and she said, this is awful. I can't read this out loud. I was like, have you really not opened your book since you sent the manuscript off? Amazing to me. But anyway, so make sure you rehearse. Find the funny bits, find the sad bits, find the trip hazards. The names you did not realise that you were cursing your audiobook narrator with because they're they're impossible to to pronounce at speed. Um, plan for all that. The things, snacks and treats. You know, Brazos Bookstore, where I had my launch, and one of the indie books here in Houston will allow as much white wine as you like, but no red wine. You need to know that ahead of time. And I did lots of Scottish treats. It was great. Um, and remember, as somebody said, say thank you. Drop a handwritten note or drop a little plant into the bookstore, whatever it is. If you say thank you, it makes a big deal to how you're welcomed back next time when you get another book. It, people do remember silly things like that. So as you'll see from this, I've just started my podcast. I'm on about, I think I'm on about episode 13 or 14 at the moment. In fact, there was due, one due yesterday that didn't get done because of all this. But hopefully we'll go up tomorrow instead. The podcast is where I talk to authors, ask them about their launching and about their public face. And people are coming up with some amazing answers, really things I didn't expect. So it's worth going and listening to it, I hope, because we all learn from it. Um, I also talk to a bookseller. I'm doing a debut fest at the moment, and I'm going to be doing uh, blocks of episodes about school visits and uh, working with school librarians and teachers. We're going to be doing a big Black History Month uh, session. I'm also going to be doing something later in the spring about business, how authors should see themselves as a small business. And I wish I had known that back when I debuted because uh, I might have approached it in a slightly different way. We feel like we're artists when we're writing, um, but actually we're business people. And the Publishers that we're dealing with and the booksellers we're dealing with are business people too. And therefore, if you approach that with the, the business mindset, um, you might get a, a very different response. And the other thing is that I'm hoping that this time next year, as I said to you, you I'll be doing a 23s meet the 24s because I think this is hopefully going to be a really useful thing to do. So I would love you to share with the rest of the 23 debuts and, and any other people that 
some up who are going to be uh, debuting later or any other authors, do let them know that these episodes are happening so that they can um, jump in on this webinar too. Do you have a book coming out in 2023? Are you a debut author? Or are you already experienced, but you want to have better book launches? Well, I can promise you that your book launch process will feel so easy once you've had a book launch briefing. In my six-week signature course called Naturally Book Launch Briefing, I'll teach you how to pass past your comfort zones and yet still feel calm. Tell stories around your story to draw in your readers. Throw the best book parties and there will be ones that you'll actually enjoy. And also you'll learn how to get other gigs, ones that pay you. Nail your social media with no silly dancing. The media interview circuit and somehow survive. And much, much more. Really, much more. In other words, you'll make your debut year one that you'll never forget for all the right reasons. The six weekly classes start in early January and the course with all its extra resources costs just $297. There's a payment plan available and also three no-fee scholarships for authors from traditionally underrepresented and marginalised groups to apply for. So for more information and to register for the book launch briefing course, please visit my website at carolineleachwrites.com and click on the big blue banner at the top of the page. Or go down into the show notes down below this episode of Authors and Audiences and click on the link there. I really hope to welcome you to book launch briefing very soon because it will make your book launch feel so easy. It really will. So, Q&As. Laura has been collecting the questions that uh, have been coming up in the chat, although I've, I've seen enough to know that uh, people have very kindly jumped in and given answers to them, so that's wonderful. But uh, I'm going to throw this open to any of the presenters. Uh, we've got uh, several questions and we've got a few minutes to, ten minutes to, to do some. So first question, I'm so weirded out reading my own words out loud to other people. So how do you get over that? I would just say practice it a lot. Um, I know I've been on a few like um, podcasts that have videos too. And it's, it's also strange, like listening to those afterwards and hearing my voice. But I think just practice reading, practice recording yourself while you're reading to get comfortable with it. It'll, it'll happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Not only do you practice reading it, but record yourself, video yourself. None of us, I'm sitting looking at myself at the moment and going, oh, this is awful. You just have to get used to seeing yourself because that's the way you learn. You, if you don't watch yourself or listen to yourself back, you don't hear the slightly odd things that you do that you can easily correct. Also, you know, if you're reading out loud the words that don't make sense if you don't stress them or you don't slow down while you're reading them. So it's it's really worth rehearsing. Absolutely, Lisa. Anyone else? And also, well, I was going to add just one more thing too with the timer on, because I know, as you mentioned, people will ask for readings of a certain length and you really do need to know like what is a three-minute reading and what is a five-minute reading because you can't go over usually in those events. So 
practice with like your phone timer or something as well. Okay, so another question. I'd be curious to know the timing of the launch part to the release date for all the 2022s. So how what was the distance? To, I think most books are out on Tuesdays uh, for from the traditional publishers. So how much later than each of your publication days did you do your launch parties? Mine was two days. Mine was on Thursday, I think, after Tuesday. Mine was on the um, the Wednesday after. Uh, we just wanted to, we, we picked a time that everyone could be there that needed to be there. Uh, we did it in the evening, um, 7 p.m. I have a nine to five job. So it was definitely something that, you know, we planned for after the work day and for everybody else attending as well. So yeah, that's how we did it. And then I just had a big party uh, at the end of the month. Uh, kind of to avoid that slump that we talked about earlier. It kind of was just another thing to look forward to. Um, and that came for me at the end of the month of my launch. So that's how I did that. So anyone else have a, have I did a mine big on, Yeah, I did mine on the day that it released um, and just took the whole day off of work. Um, so actually in the morning went out to all the Barnes and Nobles and had called them in advance and signed their copies. And my husband and I just had a nice lunch, the two of us to celebrate. And then we had an evening event um, at the bookstore. So just plan to take, and he took the the day off too, so. Fantastic, that really made a holiday of it. So one little, speaking of holidays, one little tip, check for holidays around your launch day. Um, Because like I said, mine came out two days before Thanksgiving. So actually waiting until the weekend after my launch, everyone would have been traveling. Um, also check school calendars like spring break. Um, so just do a quick glance, like if there's a reason people will be traveling and don't plan your events on those weekends. Yeah. And opposite of that, I did mine. Um, my release date was October 25th and there's a big town Halloween parade this Saturday of Halloween weekend. So I did it then because I knew there'd be a lot of traffic on Main Street and people would come in and out. So look look for, you know, opportunities like that if you can. That's right. You actually made it par- almost part of the town's Halloween celebrations, didn't you? Yeah. I, and I said people could, you know, come in costume off the street or dress for the future, you know, and I had a, a body painter there to do it was theme relevant to my book in a way that I don't need to bore you all with but um that was cool too because people came in to get like do body paint and stuff excellent idea okay so I'd love to find some tips on how to find good podcasts for authors uh, besides authors and audiences of course yeah thank you for that um listen to podcasts you know go and search for podcasts and also local radio and local newspapers are the same. The way to find them is to look for them and read them or look for them and listen to them and you will find out whether they are appropriate to you. It may well be that a local podcast or radio station has, you know, a couple of hundred listeners, but there are a couple of hundred listeners that hears that you are in their area. You don't have to be on the big million listeners plus events in order to do this well. You just have to find the one that has the right niche for you. And, you know, as somebody said, you have to pitch fairly far ahead. So almost as soon as you get your date, look at where the blogs are, also book blogs as well. Um, 
love having blogs from authors around publication days. So whether it's blogs or podcasts, etc., as soon as you know your date, just approach people and ask each other what the the good ones are to do and um and search for them. It's it's as easy as that. There's, there's no also problem. um there's a, a podcast by someone named Thomas Olmstead. He I think it's author media or his website is author media. But he has it's a it's a paid list, but it's not that much money. And he aggregates information about podcasts and he's got thousands of them on there and and it's a sortable list. So if you're really interested in doing podcasts, it's probably worth the, you know, the fee to get access to that list. Fantastic. That's a, I did not know about that. So that's see, we're all learning from each other every day. I'd also say make yourself easy to contact because um, I've done a couple of podcasts, but none of them were things that I thought out myself. There were things that people emailed me about, like they had seen me somewhere else or saw some posts that I had done on social media and wondered if I would be interested in being on their program. So making sure like on your website, on your social media, um, that it's very easy for you to be contacted helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love tips about whom to send your arcs to, separate from the publisher's arc. So who did everybody share their art copies with? Remember that advanced reader copies are specifically there for a reason. They are to get reviews ahead of publication. And especially on, you know, if we think that social media is a curse, Goodreads is, there's the biggest tip of all. Don't go on Goodreads. Once once you're an author, don't touch Goodreads. It's for readers, not authors. But having said that, if you can get a whole load of five-star reviews up on Goodreads ahead of publication, it's very hard for anything else to take the four-star balance off it. So who did everybody send their arcs to? I know my debut group had a had an arc tour where everybody within the group signed up to read each other's arcs. I just like now's the time to hit up your friends and family and all the people you've done nice things for throughout your life. I had I sent out a pretty widespread um request and you know even to people I, I'm not super close with but who I know um and on you know and on Facebook and I just asked people would they take an arc in exchange for um posting a review and um then I followed up you do really have to kind of nag people afterwards to get it up so you know contact everybody you know and ask them to help you be successful and uh yep. That's, and that's part of this business I was talking about, isn't it? Is that you need people to know this isn't them getting a free book. This is them getting a free book in exchange for a review. Obviously. Oh, there was also somebody said there's a comment about Amazon not liking reviews of relatives or friends. I did put that. That's true. Um, if you are friends with somebody on Facebook, they will take down the Amazon review from that person if it is the same email address. So when you write to your friends, ask them if they're going to post on Amazon and they're your Facebook friend to please try to post either under a different email address or using like a spouse's or a child's email address or, or your review will come down. I didn't know that about Facebook. I was going to say that about Goodreads, that that since Amazon bought Goodreads, they they check who's your friend. So I have very few friends on Goodreads for that exact reason. Um, 
especially among readers rather than actual friends. I think um, also um, kind of making your own list of um, bookstagrammers and other book influencers. Um, you can, I mean, it's going to take some research uh, just to find it for your genre, um, but compiling that list and then kind of just, you know, um, pinging those people and seeing if they'd be interested in in a arc that might work too. And also you're in a debut group for a reason, is to help each other. And, and so if somebody is producing that list, then share it, put it in a Google Doc where everybody can then add what's in as well. And they can tag us to whether it's science fiction or fantasy or whatever. So there if you're a middle grade middle grade reader or young adult um writer i mean there are librarians and teachers on twitter um there's something called book posse and other organizations like that it's like a confederacy well not really a confederacy but like just a group of people that you send one arc to they finish it they send it off to the next person and they often will post on Twitter their reaction to it. And that I found that was like the biggest bang for my buck in terms of my arcs. Um, also, I sent it out to um, local the local librarians. I, that's when I make contact with the librarians. Um, and they often ask for arcs um, to take a look at it. Um, and they spread the word amongst themselves too. Yeah, just because don't underestimate the power of a librarian. Librarians may be very quiet people. They don't stay quiet when they've read a really good book, do they? They uh, if one librarian reads it and loves it. You'll have a whole host, host of librarians knowing and, and reading about it very soon. Can I? Add, so uh, I can add one thing. Um, but if you are debuting early with twenty three debuts, please stick around for the people who are debuting later because they'll need your help to do advanced reviews too. And I, I know a lot of the um, people who debuted earlier in 2022 kind of fell off and you do get fatigue, but please hang in there for the other people. It, it helps a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I'd like to add to just some encouragement. So my publisher does not do hard copy arcs. They only do e-arcs. And so I know some of you mentioned in the chat, that's you also. And so I didn't really do much for ARCs, honestly. Like I had a few author friends that did the blurbs for me. Um, but if that's you, like don't stress about it. Maybe ask your publisher if they're willing to send a few. Um, but you're not alone. Like <laughs> some, some publishers just don't do the, the hard copy ones. And it is kind of disappointing because you want that unboxing and those advanced copies circulating, but not every publisher does that and it's okay. No, I was just gonna say, I also only had eARCs, only eARCs. And actually, they weren't even available until about three months before publication, um, until launch day. So my launch team focused very heavily on like 20-something who read everything digitally anyway. Um, so like they were, sure, send me uh, something, I'll put it on my Kindle. Um, and they had no problem doing that. So I, I found my, my sister happens to be in college and I was like, I need all of your friends who are readers. I need their email addresses. Um, and so that was, that was fine. The eARCs worked fine. Okay. Now we're, we're just about hitting three o'clock. Um, there are two more questions in there, but, um, I would like, just because I did promise to finish right on time, I'm going to take those two questions and I will answer them and I will send them as uh, 
part of the recording just so that people uh, don't get held. Either that, no, here's a better idea. I'm going to finish off and then I'm going to answer the questions. So the one about launching from the UK to the US and also about the turning points in the launch process. If you ask those questions, if you can hang around, I'm going to finish off so anybody else that needs to go can, and then we're going to answer that if everybody's okay. So um, just really a final roundup to say thank you for coming. I hope this has been useful. I have learned stuff that I didn't know in here, and I hope that that you have too. Um, try not to stress. It is an exciting time, but it's also a stressful time. But there are an awful lot of people around who are very willing to help you. Um, thank you to, well, all you 23s for turning up and to my lovely 22s who have just been so generous with me um, for the last year and have indulged indulged all my questions. Um, and to Laura for sorting out the, the questions and the videos, etc. Try and enjoy your book launch because it, it's something that should stay with you forever. Don't do something that you're not happy with that makes you feel uncomfortable to the point where it's going to spoil your enjoyment. Nerves and excitement feel exactly the same physically. So if you think, I'm too nervous to do this, change the, the message and say, I'm so excited to do this. And sometimes that works. Um, quickly, thank you to everybody for coming. We're going to quickly do those last two questions. And that is, is there any advice for launching your book from a different country? I'm in the UK, but my book will be launching in the US. Well, the obvious thing for me to do that is that the internet will make that a big difference. You're in a, a debut group with a whole load of Americans. So suck them dry to help you make this happen. You don't have to turn up in person. If you can, fantastic, but you don't have to. So just talk to other Americans, other authors who are in America to get their tips on, on what to do and timing, etc. But um, yeah, use the internet, do a virtual thing. Anybody, we don't think we have anybody doing any of the presenters are, are not in the US, um, but I did a, I did, British stuff from over here. No, the other thing is, is just make the most of the internet. And if you need a pre-order, I spoke to somebody just this week from the UK who used a, oh, I know it was Blue Willow Books, the blue, bookseller at Blue Willow Books. They are the pre-order bookstore for a British author. So if you want, I will gift you Brazos Bookstore or Blue Willow Bookstore in Houston, if you want an independent bookstore to act as your pre-order hub, then just pick one and ask them if they would be the focus for doing all the American send-outs and the pre-orders. That's a, a, a perfectly good thing to do. Um, and one thing I'll add is with the um, the 22 debuts, um, when we've done giveaways online, um, usually if the person is international, we'll send the book through book depository because they ship for free uh, to many, many, many countries around the world. So that might be an option. That's another great one. Yes. If you, or, or if you find a friend among the group, ask if they would do your mailing um, from over here, you send them one package and they then do the mailing over there. That might be pushing it a bit much, but if you're, if you're launching at roughly the same time, they may actually be able to, to do joint mailings uh, to save everybody a bit of money. 
Okay, and what do you see as the turning points in the launch process where the approach changes? So when pre-orders go live, release day, etc., what were those moments and what part of the process started and ended at those points? Hmm, that's a complicated question. I think there are definitely milestones. Um, you know, we talked about milestones in in uh, the the social media coverage, the points where, like the the cover reveal and the um, arc unboxing and the launch day, etc., that you can in your first school visit or your first first podcast that you can be hitting. I don't know about how the process turns. I think you just have to look on them as milestones on a path and just make sure that as soon as one happens, you're already working towards the next one. Does that make sense to everybody? I think the busiest times that I found were the three months right before launch, especially like the one month before launch, and then the two months after launch. That might be the busiest time when you're maybe doing a lot of interviews or uh, events and things like that. so if you just pace yourself, it helps. Yep. The other thing is if you have another book deadline ahead of you, uh, be very careful trying to write through your launch period. Um, if you can give yourself a bit of a break, uh, just it will benefit you not to be trying to write and launch at the same time. It, it yeah, can be done. It. I would second them about a month out, like Lisa said. Um because really, like even when your pre-orders go live, like I try to do the cover reveal and pre-orders, but it's so far in advance that people will pre-order, but it's, you know, then you feel like you're still talking about it for months and months. And so I didn't really get, I waited until about a month out to do my pre-order campaign with like some free giveaways and swag type stuff. And really you'll get a lot more traction the last like two or three weeks before the book's out when it's actually closer. So. Excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to seeing you soon well this time next year when you'll be presenting thank you everybody wasn't that fun what an incredible bunch they are and i bet you've got any number of ideas that you can now use so thank you to all the 2023s who joined us live for the event and of course thank you to my amazing 2022 co-presenters All their details are down in the show notes, so please support them by buying their lovely books and following them on social media as they finish their debut year. I can't wait to see what they all do next. And thank you again for joining me on Authors and Audiences. Let me know on any of my social media platforms about the biggest aha moment for you. And if you've time, I'd love you to rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to it. Because ratings and reviews mean so much in this algorithm-driven world. So I'd be so grateful if you take a couple of minutes to support the show that way. And I hope to have you again with me next week when I'll be moving into the heady world of women's fiction. See you then.